we were in a conversation over the last few weeks on relationships and the biblical perspective or view of our relationships. And tonight, I want to do this a, a little differently. Um, so thanks for picking the different night to come and visit. By the way, there's, uh, uh, there's free popcorn. Uh, and, and I just want to encourage you to go get it. Uh, after the service, not now. Um, I want to do it differently in that I would like to, to share a word with you over the next 20 minutes. And then at the end of that, uh, I'm going to uh, ask us all to stand. And then I'm going to invite some people who would like prayer for the reason of the conversation uh, I have tonight to come forward for prayer. While perhaps Chris Mklango or someone plays keys in the background. And we just have an extra three or four minutes and be deliberate. Now, I'll tell you that at the beginning so you can be well prepared. So that your heart can, can already like hyperventilate and you get, get past that and you're like, I'm coming forward for that. And immediately when I tell you what the topic is about, you'll know why. Tonight, uh, whenever, you talk about con- uh, uh, whenever you talk about relationships, um, you're, you're always going to include a conversation about feelings. To quote, Popular language, some people in their relationships have all the feels. It feels right and it feels good and it is wonderful and it is remarkable. And uh, you, you can end up with that, what they call puppy love. And I joked a couple of Sunday mornings ago, never to marry someone during your puppy love phase because you might end up having a dog's life. And we had, we've already had that conversation. But tonight, I want to talk to you about what happens when you just go numb. When you're in a relationship and you don't feel anything. Or when you're in a relationship and you should get out of it, but you don't want to hurt someone else's feelings. So you're frozen. A type of paralysis. A type of, I can't move forward. I'm going through the motions because I'm numb. And I think you can get numb uh, in all kinds of relationships. You can get numb in your relationship with God. You can get numb in your relationship with your parents. Like everything they say is just like background noise. And nothing is that useful. You certainly can get numb to your lecturers. Now, there are some lecturers here, so I wouldn't aim in very loudly because already you are demerited. You're not going to get DP if you are aiming loudly at the wrong thing. But you can get numb. And here's the crucial thing. You can get numb uh, towards yourself. And simply not feel motivated to make change. The Bible language for numbness is the hardening of your heart. And therefore, it is a spiritual dynamic. And you can get therapy for it, of course. And you can have conversations with friends about it, of course. But actually, there's a spiritual dynamic to it. And in fact, sometimes we only get kicked out of being numb by being hurt. Well, sometimes the breakup is the blessing. Sometimes. You're not amening because you're sitting next to him. (laughs) And you don't want to be like, yeah, you're out over popcorn tonight still. I don't want you to do that. I don't want you to do that. So I want to discuss uh, the numbness or hardness of heart. It, It also connects with the biblical concept of sensitivity. In fact, in the book of Romans, it says one of the characteristics of ungodliness is that people become insensitive, angry, and haters of God. 
There's a thing that happens in your heart where you can get numb. And I, I, I'm, I'm very concerned that a lot of people are either in relationships or can't get into relationships because of the numbness of their hearts. And you're in a relationship you can't get out of because it's just too much trouble right now to do anything about it. Well, there is a passage of Scripture, there are a lot of them on this topic, but there's a passage of Scripture that really struck me from the New Living Translation to set the context for you. Almost everybody in this room knows about Joseph. Joseph and his technicolored raincoat, thrown in, thrown in prison, lands up prince of Egypt. Amen. What's the story like from, from the prison to the pit to the, what from the something to the palace? All those peas. Yeah, it was pit, prison, uh, palace, and prince. Um, but there is a moment of conversation where Joseph's brothers come and they need help. They need grain. And, and they go back to their dad. And this conversation unfolds with their dad about Joseph. And I want you to listen to the condition of Joseph's father's heart. Genesis 45, verse 26 from the New Living Translation says, And they spoke to him, saying, Joseph is still alive, and he is ruler over all the land of Egypt. And his heart went numb because he did not believe them. The reason why is, is in brackets there is that in the New Living Translation, they just put some words in brackets to, um, to emphasize. So if you could picture the emphasis, they, they go to him and they say he really is alive. And he really is the ruler of, uh, of Egypt. And the reason why his father's heart got numb is because he's heard rumors before about whether his son is alive or not. It's been the ups and downs of hope dashed, expectations not met. The hope that this is the one and it isn't the one. The hope that she will reply to your WhatsApps and she blue ticked you. But when, when she saw you at church, she hugged you. And then you slid into her DMs. And she didn't... Rep- what was that whistle about? That's very an unrighteous. Quite an unrighteous whistle. And then she didn't reply. It's not the no... And the yes, it's the no sometimes and the yes sometimes. He could be alive and he maybe isn't alive. You could be the one, but maybe you're not the one. Babe, I'm all in. Babe, I'm not so sure. You're the one for life, babe. You're the one for now, babe. You see, this volatility in every relationship where hardness of heart develops, numbness of heart, it is indecisiveness that generates a hard heart. Saying yes to the Lord, then no to the Lord. Then I'm in, then I'm not in. And your heart develops a scab for, for protection and, and preservation. This in and out attitude into commitments and into attitudes is so common everywhere. Things are out as quickly as they are in. As quickly as they are in. As soon as somebody becomes popular on Instagram, they kick him off. You know exactly who I'm talking about. Mr. Tate. So, (laughs) that's another conversation for another night. It's this volatility in relationships, I want to tell you that if a relationship goes through the levels of volatility or up and down, and you are not married, and the result of the up and down is a hardening of your heart, break the relationship and move on. 
nobody is that pretty that they are worth losing the tenderness of your heart as a human being. If somebody turns you into a, into a statue, hardens your heart, they are not worth having in your life. Now, don't look at somebody now. Now is not a good time. Eyes forward. Just please. Because you know what happens is, I know what happens. I know what happens. You bring me into your fight. Do you know how many cars I'm going to sit in tonight uh, uh, emotionally but not physically? All these cars where you're going to say, you see, George said. <laughs> now, I'm not even, I wasn't there when you started dating and I'm not there now, but somehow I'm in your fight. And then he or she is angry with me. And then a few weeks later when you're feeling lonely, the other person is angry with me. I've got two people angry with me and I haven't dated anyone yet. <laughs> and now, there's a lot of people very angry. No, it is about the guarding of your heart for from it flow the issues of life. When you enter into relationships, you give your heart to someone. It's all so cute. Oh, you complete me. That's so unbelievably cheesy. I, I made a joke earlier during, uh, uh, at, the, at the popcorn. I said, Oh, I'm a Greek and I'm here behind the counter like a corner cafe. And then I said, that's so cheesy. And then the guy next to me said, no, it's not. It's corny. <laughs> no. Do not encourage. Do not encourage this kind of behavior. It, 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 the, these are the equivalent of dad jokes. And so there is a, a problem with sensitivity of heart. And, uh, and tonight my, my conversation, uh, I... I I introduced seven types of relationships three weeks ago, uh, and I, I encourage you to look them up. I'll give you some of them tonight just as a reminder. Um, but the, the one I'm dealing with tonight on numbness is relationships that are based on compassion or emotion. You're in it because you feel sorry for someone, or you're in it because you just don't have the emotional energy to get out of it. Those are not healthy relationships. I'm only talking to people dating, by the way. If you're married, then God has to change your heart. You change your heart before you change your wife. See how I'm not smiling? This is serious business. You can change as many girlfriends as you want, within re, you know, you know, just be stable. But, 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 but you see, if your heart goes hard, you can't say, "Babe, I'm very sorry," but it's hard. You can't do that. It's such a heart. God, God will give you a new heart. The Bible literally says in Isaiah that God will take out a heart of stone and put in their heart of flesh and he will empower it by the Spirit. That's where a man can change in the heart. I believe in that miracle. And we may have to, we may have to pray those kinds of prayers tonight and some of you will be coming forward saying, my heart is just flatlined. I am numb. I've got no feelings. Now, you know, you don't have to come forward and like be embarrassed about it. It's just a potential reality. Romans chapter 8 um, and uh, verse 11 from the NIV says this, And if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give uh, life to your mortal body because of his spirit who lives in you. Therefore, brothers and sisters, we have an obligation, but it is not to the flesh to live according to it. For if we live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the spirit you put to death the misdeeds of the body, you will live. The power of that scripture is very simply that some people are living a slow death. 
I mean, you're, you're not physically dead yet, but the, the journey of death has begun. Whereas the Bible says that those who lived according to the Spirit, the journey of life has begun. See, those of us who are spiritual, we are starting the journey of life and life in its fullness until we get to eternal life. So it's an escalation of life. But some people, because they allow the misdeeds of the flesh to take heart, they are dying. And, and I, I, that bothers me tremendously because I think it's very important that we turn the tide and not allow a slow death. You can't, I have seen people in relationships, I'm sure everybody in ministry, who's walked a road, I earned these gray hairs on my beard. I have watched people die inside while they live. They're in a relationship and they shrivel up. They're sadder. They've got no friends because they're not allowed. Oh, it happens all the time. It happens all the time. You're like, oh, I would never be, oh, I would never, I'll never allow somebody to tell me what I can and can't do. It'll give you a few weeks. And then, you know, you turn it into this weird language. Oh, you know, it's, it's my baby doesn't like it. You know, my baby. Such a baby. And you die inside. And then you get to the point where you're so dead inside that changing it, you don't have the energy for it. Now you're stuck. And people are getting into that equation sooner and sooner in life. And it's not okay. Hebrews chapter 4 verse 12 says that the Word of God is living and active and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing and dividing of the soul and of the spirit, of the joint and the marrow, and discerning the thoughts and the intents of the heart. One of the powers of the Word is to, cut away, is to cut away that scabbing. I've told this story. It's such a gross story, but I'm going to tell it anyway because I've got five minutes and I have three points and I just need a little gross story in the middle. But he's not here tonight, but there's a paramedic in our church and uh, quite a few of them actually. Uh, um, Cam's wife's a paramedic. And, um, but but uh, a, cu- a couple of years ago, I, I was on a construction site at my home and I, I tripped and fell and I took off a decent amount of my skin over my kneecap. And I could see the kneecap and it looked cool. But I left it alone and I was like just limping along, you know, I'm sure it'll be fine. But as the days got, went by, it kind of got inflamed and it was red and then it was hot. And not everything that's hot is good for you. Wachnet. <laughs> Still sinking with a few people, just sinking. So anyway, it really started looking, and I found him, and actually I sent a photo, I think to Vince, I think, I can't even remember, I said, is this normal? And it was like all gross and pussy. And he sent a photo to uh, 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 the, the, the uh, um, a paramedic, and the paramedic said, here's what you've got to do, you've got to get salt water, and you've got to get a new uh, 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 pot scourer. I'm not even joking. What you got to do? You know that Scotch guard? You got to get it under the hot water with salt. All off. And then you got to get iodine. I've still got the iodine at home. I saw it the other day. You got to pull the iodine. I said, that sounds like it's going to hurt. I said, it's definitely going to hurt. But your body needs something cleaner to work with. And what it's got, it can't use. So you got to clean her off. Let me tell you, I learned a life lesson there. 
You're holding onto things and trying to protect it, even though it's a little bruise, and you're limping along through life. Your relationship is limping along. It's getting sore and warmer and uncomfortable, all because you're too afraid to let the sharpness of the Word of God that pierces between bone and marrow and between thought and intent to come and scrape away and say, you can't use that. That is unwise, unhealthy, unacceptable, unrighteous. Scrape it. You go, no, 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 I'll be okay with my limp. And you know, at some point, it just infests everything. And I want to encourage you to walk away from that. Over the last few weeks, we've talked about counterfeit relationships. Those are relationships where you have to be fake to stay in them. We've talked about contaminated relationships, relationships where the entire atmosphere of your life is turned toxic and you're walking on eggshells. We've talked this morning about compromise relationships where you have to learn to draw the line as a Christian. How much should you compromise to be in a godly relationship? And today, I'm wrapping up this part of the conversation. I've got another week next week on relationships. I'm talking about Compassion and emotion relationships, where either you're doing it because you feel sorry for someone or you're just numb, two extremes. The one is an unhealthy feeling and the other is no feeling at all. You can't be dead inside. Christ has come to make you alive. Nothing ought to rob you of that life. The Bible gives us three keys to unlocking a broken or a hardened or a numb heart. The first is, you have to let the Holy Spirit prompt you. The prompting of the Holy Spirit is very simply, when you let the Holy Spirit direct you, and you respond. 1 Thessalonians 1 says, we always thank God, of, uh, God for all of you continually, mentioning you in our prayers. And then in verse 3 it says, we remember before our God and Father, your work produced by faith. And then watch this, your labor prompted by love and your endurance inspired by hope in our Lord Jesus Christ. You have, to, you have to action your way out of it, not feel your way out of it. You have to action your way out of it. I can't tell you uh, how many gym sessions I've had that I don't feel like. And I can't tell you how many apology phone calls I've made that I didn't feel like. And I can't tell you how many times I got up a little earlier to listen to worship and read my Bible when I didn't always feel like it. But my, the Holy Spirit prompted me into action. The action reversed the feeling. The action reverses the feeling. You've got to be prompted by the Holy Spirit. Sometimes, especially we happy, clappy charismatics, we could deal, have less feelings, and more actions because they'll change your life. Secondly, you've got to let the Holy Spirit put the dream back. You see, people who rob you of your emotion rob you of your dream. When you get numb, you lose the expectation of something getting better. You say to yourself, I'll always be like this. This marriage will always be like this. I'll always be single. And by the way, that's not the worst thing. God must prompt you by your spirit. Acts chapter 2 verse 17 says, and it shall be in the last days, says God, that I will pour out my spirit upon all mankind. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy and your young men shall see divinely prompted visions. Your old men shall dream divinely prompted dreams. You see, the cost of letting someone numb or harden your heart is that you lose your ability to see God's dreams and visions for your life. That's too high a price to pay. It's too high a price to pay to let somebody else 
put blinkers on your eyes about your future. Do you know what might happen? One day they might leave you and they'll take themselves and your future with you as they go. It's too high a price to pay. The Holy Spirit must prompt us to reawaken. You've got to look at your life, your context, your relationships and your scenario and go, is this going to get me where God wants to take me? If no, call it. Thirdly, you've got to keep moving. 2 Thessalonians 1 says, with this in mind, my last scripture, we constantly pray for you, that our God, have you noticed the theme, I pray for you, uh, that our our God may make you worthy of his calling and that by uh, his power, he may bring to uh, fruition your every desire for goodness and your every deed prompted, once again, that term by faith. We pray this so that the name of our Lord Jesus may be glorified in you and you in him according to the grace of our God and the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, What I mean by keep it moving is uh, you, you get numb and hardened of heart when Year after year, your life is on repeat. Nothing gets better, nothing changes, and you're stagnant. You know, if you're still having the same arguments a year later about the same things, you're not growing. I think relationships will always include arguments. They should just include arguments about new things. Not about the same things. Keep it moving. I mean, if you're married, keep the relationship moving, not keep your spouse moving on out. As I keep reiterating, there's a different calling in each season. But keep it moving. Our hearts harden like stagnant waters when they dam up and there's no flowing in and no flowing out. If a relationship, this is the test. I need to pray for you. This is the test. If being in a relationship results in you feeling now, I just have to stay at home with my person, then it is an unhealthy relationship. What you should have is a relationship that says, let's take on the world because I'm going to do it with my person. But there's this new weird culture where people like emotionally nest when they're in a relationship. They don't return calls to their parents. They don't return calls to their friends. They don't go to church. They don't get involved in anything. Why? Because I got my person. Like it's such an annoying term. I know I'm venting a little now. Oh, my person. I can't. You know, my person is this and my person is that. No, 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 no. You know, what, you know what you should say? I've got someone in my life. When I don't feel like going to church, my person says, get dressed, babe. We're church people. That's what we do. And when, you're, when your person wants to get involved, they don't hover over them like tetsy flies, worried they're going to meet someone new. They go, go, babe, you've got a gift. Join the band, you can sing. Get involved in the coffee making. You're awesome at it. Not, who's, who's, who's with you that coffee? Who's, who, who, who are you making coffee for? You're making more coffee for the church people than for me. All that kind of sickness. You're supposed to look for a boyfriend or a girlfriend, not a patient. <laughs> 